bold colors and off pastel colors seems to be quite fashionable at the moment um When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Design Huddle, the podcast where two internet friends step inside the minds of creative people from a variety of disciplines and learn how design impacts our everyday lives. We talk tech, we talk design, and we talk trends. Today, we're going to be talking about 10 UX stories in 10 minutes. The timer has been set. Let's dive in. All right, so I'm up first. This first story comes from IF Design Awards, which is in... Uh, basically they were calling out some of the best designs of 2021 that happened during the pandemic. So I'm going to call it a few. The first one that's mentioned is called Air Luna. Um, this lamp uh, can break down microbes smaller than COVID-19, including harmful chemicals and odors. Very minimal design, but it's a pretty cool light. Um, the next one was called, what was it called? The Clean Zone. So the clean zone is a concept designed in South Korea, and it's a response to blocking these pollutants while outside. So basically you could be at an outdoor space, you step into this kind of chamber, um, and then it basically physically washes away dust, there's a cooling mist, and it ultimately sterilizes you using wind and UV light. Um, I don't know if I would step into that, but I think that one's pretty interesting. And the last one was... um, it was an autonomous vehicle for healthcare workers that basically, if someone's sick, they would hop in this like autonomous vehicle to take them to the hospital. So there's no transmissions and like, um, like they could just clean it after after using it. So this would be uh, basically making like ambulances more safe. So that one was cool. And that was from uh, Philips, which was a concept. And that article was from Design Boot. All right, you're up, Mustafa. All right, so the next article is from Creative Block, and it's the best and worst design trends of 2021. Um, this year's seen interesting things. Bold colors and off pastel colors seems to be quite fashionable at the moment. Um, rounded corners seem to be back. I don't know if that's if that's a good thing. Um, parallax transitions. This seems to be... I, I hate parallax transit, parallax scrolling. Um, but that seems to be just coming back. Retro fonts and retro designs, like if you come back to like a, a previous episode, we all looked at... Um, a web uh, magazine that's quite popular now as well. Free animation and motions. Um, this is also free uh, animation and three D illustrations have become quite popular now that we, in the same way that you have icon packs, you have illustration packs as well. So I've seen a lot of designers in their portfolios, especially when they're explaining a problem, use these kind of uh, illustrations. And there's loads that you can use for free. Um, dark mode and website, obviously now that browsers support it. Um, Scroll and like some of the worst things is uh, scroll hijacking, which people hate. Uh, irrelevant illustrations again, it's a trend that you're seeing rubber illustrations, but the problem of using these too many of these it becomes um, uh, a bit like the way bootstrap used to be unpopular. Um, you see it everywhere, so it doesn't become as, as great anymore. Uh, extreme minimalism is another one, so yeah, check out the article on Creative Block. All right, the next article is from robertcreative.com, it's about the typography trends in 2021. 
Some of the ones that I think were the most interesting was type layering. So layering types to create an artwork surrounded. Uh, this was super popular in print magazines, but we're seeing it more and more on the web. Uh, gradients and type. So dreadful gradients have been in design forever. Think Paint Shop Pro. Uh, but today the trend is filling uh, type with gradients that continues to grow and we see this more and more um, in headlines. Um, uh, serif headlines, another popular trend. Digital design has moved away from serif fonts in early days, um, but they're back. So today serif headlines are gaining popularity um, as a counterpoint to the modern sand styles. Um, we've seen this a ton across multiple top uh, news publishers. And one other one I think that is worth looking at is outline fonts. So outline fonts, for a little while, they were starting to get popularity in 2020. And I think now they're, they're continuing to become even more popular, but designers are mixing letter forms, images, and shapes into a cohesive design. Um, so outline fonts is another popular trend. And this is from robertthecreative.com, Topography Trends. Excellent. So the next uh, news article is from thecxlead.com. This is five common mistakes when deciding to build a customer journey map. Now, customer journey maps are often done in design workshops, but you can do them on your own, like design sprints, we do them a lot. And it's about mapping like a visual representation, usually boxes uh, that plot the entire journey of where you want your users to be. Um, it can be good to have like a bird's eye view. Uh, so one of the mistakes is using it as your own weapon, um, as as the be all end all, uh, that's one of the the bad things for it. Uh, another one is like unverified sources is not enough. So basically, using it as a single source of truth. Ideally, you want to validate and verify everything that you do. So when you're getting your teammates together and you're doing one of these uh, design workshop type activities, it's worth actually checking to see if this is true with users to see validate. Um, so. In, in using them, it should be based on some element of truth or at least a persona or a scenario or a journey that you're going on. Um, so you want to make sure you're doing the extra work. So that, uh, blindly following the trend is another mistake. So it's worth checking out the article if you're using these uh, design methodologies for like working on products. Uh, so you're up next. Brilliant. All right. So the next one's from UX Pin. Um, it's about hamburger menus and UX designers. So this is like one of the most common I think, in my opinion, dumb design debates is whether or not you should use a hamburger menu. So the article kind of breaks down the pros and cons, the history, but essentially it's summarized by saying that um, the hamburger menu in UX design is like bringing up politics at a dinner party, uh, except some controversial opinion, expect some controversial opinions. People feel very strongly about this, but despite some designers think it's not a crime to use the hamburger menu and it can be an incredibly effective navigation tool. That's actually where I land as well. You know, I, I think people overthink it. Some general tips that I always recommend is making sure that the hamburger menu is large, make the menu more recognizable so visitors can click it and use it easily. And also, um, it's always uh, smart to consider a secondary menu. So couple the hamburger menu with some secondary access to important pages. Um, this can help clean up the, the clutter. But yeah, you know, hamburger menu, using the word menu, there's a lot of different ways, um, but I think ultimately they'll all be effective if done correctly. Um, yeah, those are hamburger menus. Back to you. So the next story we have is from Design Week. It's the Beatport um, redesign of their logo. Beatport's a turntable company. Uh, so the design studio called Kurt Kopperhoisk, I think it's pronounced as a Swedish design studio. They've done a redesign of their logo. It's the first one since 2012. Um, 
and the article is really cool. It actually goes through like the evolution of their logo. Uh, it's it's like a lowercase b mixed with a turntable um, needle. So it's really really cool. Kind of reminds me of Spotify, but that could be because it's a sort of tealish green and it's music. So maybe that's you know how it is. It's like any social network that is blue, you think Facebook, and this may be the same thing. Uh, the article goes through its evolution. Um, it, it's really, really cool, informed, really nice logo uh, they show in their package and stuff. So please do check that one out. That's on Design Week. Next awesome. up is Ryan. Cool. Let's go to Dribble. So Dribble.com, um, everyone knows Dribble, but they have an awesome article by Renee Fleck that talks about how to practice inclusive design in your daily workflow, six tips for designers. Um, so just for context, in 1999, the web content accessibility guidelines were released to the public. And what this did is it issued in a new era of making web web accessible for people with disabilities. So there's a lot of tips in here. Some of the ones that I'll quickly call out. Remember, there is no normal user. Identify your assumptions. Present information in multiple ways. Be wary of using color to convey information. Embrace bigger typography. And test with a diverse set of users. Um, the article is really, really well done. It breaks down basically how you should be thinking about product design. And there's a really good quote in here that says, inclusive design considers all forms of human diversity to create digital experiences that are usable by all languages, genders, ages, cultures, ethnicities, and abilities. So highly, highly recommend checking this one out. It's on Dribbble um, and just search inclusive design and you should uh, see it. It's by Renee Fleck. Back to you. Absolutely. So UX magazine, uxmag.com, uh, an article on trauma-informed design and understand how trauma and heals. And what they do is they go through um, how they can actually use design to help people uh, who suffer trauma and understanding it, the different steps you go through it. So trauma is an emotional response to one who suffered terrible events. It could be like post-traumatic disorder, so whether it's earthquakes or something terror attacks or whatever but something that's really affecting them could be even on a personal level and how do you actually design for people who've gone through that how do you consider that in your design um it's quite a detailed article and it goes through um uh, studies from like uh various clinics like the mental health uh clinic in toronto it's worth checking out especially in light of current events covid and whatever and thinking about that it sets out a bunch of design principles such as safety trustworthiness uh, plurality agency open and accountable solidarity empathy fiction and hope these are things which can also apply so um it's just thinking about people with trauma especially important right now uh, so please do check that one out yeah that sounds super interesting uh cool so uh, my last one was designweek.co.uk and this one is why designers need to consider accessibility in type so very similar to the previous article. Um, but this one is about the intricacies of creative projects um, and the challenges for those who struggle to read and how designers can reconcile creativity and accessibility. It's a really awesome article about how a designer with dyslexia is working on creating uh, typefaces that are just easier to read. So they have a new typeface called uh, Dyslexia Bold. Um, and the, the article kind of just goes through how to like thoughtfully design and create products for people with dyslexia. And I think this one's particularly cool because I think mostly you've mentioned in the past you are dyslexic, correct? Yeah, 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 absolutely. So this I is like super, super relevant. I'd love to get your take on this um, at the end. But what's what was the last article we had? So this is a really, again, finishing, I suppose, a nice light note. Um, it's Euro 2020 or 2021 rather. Uh, it's football or soccer competition for those of you in the States. And what uh, this uh, artist, uh, Craig Black, what he's done is he's using a technique which I've seen, which I really want to try. It's called um, 
paint pouring technique if you check it out on YouTube and basically what you do is you fill in different it's like an acrylic paint but it's very um, fluid and if you add different colors on top of each other they stack rather than mix and then you slowly pour it on top of a soccer ball and he's been doing this to create a series of soccer balls for each team and you can just watch these videos over and over again it's so um, therapeutic watching how the paints he's moving the ball and moving the paint to make the actual flag of each nation in each country really really cool technique uh, would I really want to try this pouring paints are quite expensive though so <laughs> you end up in a mess but uh, that article is on creative block um, it's called these Euro 2020 for paintballs are utterly mesmerizing so yeah please do check that one out as well and that is it 10 design stories in 10 minutes this was brought to you by design huddle Thank you for tuning in today's episode. If you haven't done so, subscribe on Anchor and YouTube. We appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Design Huddle. The opinions expressed are solely our own and do not express the views or opinions of our employer.